0: Hi, this is Stuart Weems, and thank you for listening to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy-to-understand strategies, insights, and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd like to talk about value investing. What is it? Uh, why does it work? And how can you use it? And really, value investing is really just an asset selection methodology. Uh, so that is, how do you go about choosing the right share, property, or bond to invest in? Or putting it differently, if we're talking about shares, how do you choose the right managed fund, for example, if you're not going to invest in direct shares? Well, the answer is that you use an asset selection methodology. Or the alternative is to throw a, a dart at a dartboard, which uh, it seems like many investors uh, do, but you know, typically you're not going to do that because you don't need to be a genius to work out. That's not a, a, a strategy that has a high probability of working. But a strategy that does have a high probability of working is one that has overwhelming evidence that it has worked in the past through different markets and that those that performance of that strategy has persisted for a long period of time. So what I want to talk about in this podcast is I want to go through the four different asset selection methodologies and then I want to share with you why I think a a evidence-based approach in terms of adopting these strategies, is the best way to really reduce your risk. And essentially what I'm going to propose is what we're trying to do is earn the highest return for the absolute lowest risk. So in a way, what we'd like to do is turn that risk-reward equation on its head, where, which suggests if you want higher returns, you've got to take higher risk. Well, I think with astute methodology selection and really disciplined investment approach, I believe you can actually reduce risk and increase returns. Uh, so that is, you know, and why would you need to take risk? Why would you take risk? You, you may as well just bet on a sure thing, an asset class that's going to give you, or an asset, a specific asset that's going to give you a, a significant return over the long term. So again, this is obviously a very long-term approach. So let's get into it. What are the four different asset selection methodologies? Now, the first thing I'd say is there's obviously many different asset selection uh, methodologies, and you'll hear people talk about the way that they invest in the share market or the way they invest in the property market and so forth. And they all have their own sort of subtleties and idiosyncrasies. They're all a little different. However, I believe that you can probably allocate them into four different buckets, just generally speaking. Uh, So they're not all, again, they're not going to be all the same, but, you know, you, you can, broadly speaking. So the first one is value investing. And that really involves identifying assets or sectors that you think are intrinsically undervalued. So there's the efficient market hypothesis that was put together some time ago. And the idea behind the efficient market hypothesis is that there's many market participants. There's a lot of available, publicly available information and that the price of a stock or an asset reflects um, all those views of those market participants and all that available information, and that the market is uh, efficient all the time. Well, I believe the foundation in the long run of the efficient market hypothesis, but I don't in the short run. I think markets aren't perfectly efficient, and I think mispricing occurs. And that mispricing could be driven by things like, you know, you might have a motivated seller or there could be misinformation or the, or it could be driven by market sentiment. You know, fear and greed are, are two of the primary emotions that drive the share market, for instance. And so value investing then um, uh, um, involves you forming a view on the value of a particular sector. So it could be a market sector, uh, whether it's tech or I don't know, industrials or whether it's a geographical sector, so the US market or Europe, um, or it could be an individual stock, for example. And you might say, look, um, uh, Macquarie is, is trading between $110, and $115. I think it's overvalued and therefore you'll sell Macquarie because you think, you know, that the price that you can get today is way more than its intrinsic value. Um, obviously, with the value investing approach, what you're trying to do is identify assets that you believe are intrinsically undervalued. Uh, so obviously, there's a bit of subjectivity with, with a value investing approach because it's you're really betting your impression of value against the market's impression of value, not suggesting that it doesn't work. Because I know from my own personal experience in the property market, sometimes you can turn up at an auction and buy a property for a lot less than what it is intrinsically worth. It's not a, I, you know, I wouldn't bank on that as a repeat, repeatable strategy because it's sometimes due to random luck or mostly due to random luck on the day, but it's possible. The second one is a, is growth investing and growth investing, uh, involves identifying assets and sectors that have very high growth prospects that aren't yet reflected in the price of that particular asset. So this approach is, is less concerned about the price you paid for that asset. And in fact, you, you're quite um, willing to pay fair market value. It's all about the idea that if you buy an asset for five bucks today, that because of your view of that, of its growth prospects, and if they come to fruition, that five dollars is going to seem very, very cheap in the long run. And so it's really, again, forming a view on a particular sector, a particular asset, a particular geographical location in regards to its future growth prospects. The third strategy is called fundamental investing. And this is all about asset quality. So this approach um, looks to identify an asset or sectors that have the strongest underlying fundamentals. So that is the asset quality is extremely high. So this approach isn't really concerned about the price paid for the particular asset, so paying fair market value for a a very high quality asset is okay. Uh, with this with implementing this strategy, and it's also not that concerned about the growth prospects of a particular asset, that is that they can be fully reflected in the current price and and that's okay. So the really the thesis underlying this strategy is that returns are directly linked to quality, so that is you can't expect above average returns from a a below average quality asset. The fourth strategy is called technical analysis and this approach really looks for trends in data and statistics such as prices and volume, trading volume and so forth to identify assets and selectors that are expected to deliver above average returns in the shorter or longer term. So it's really looking at charts and data and all these sorts of things getting very um, analytical about the asset selection uh, process. Okay, so the four, just to recap, is value investing, growth investing, fundamental investing and technical analysis. Now, I believe the lowest risk, highest return approach by a long margin is fundamental investing as as asset quality will typically persist longer than any market mispricing or unrecognised growth prospects. So it's great to pick a growth market or it's great to pick something that's intrinsically undervalued, but it's not something that's going to provide consistent, ongoing returns. You know, it's, a, it's almost a once-off sort of spurt of growth or realisation of value when the market eventually realise its true value or its true growth prospects. And as Warren Buffett says, or one of his fantastic quotes, that he'd rather buy a wonderful stock at a fair price than a fair stock at a wonderful price. And that's really, the saying's all really getting down to asset quality. And it's not the price that you pay, it's the quality of the assets that's really going to determine your outcomes. However, sometimes it's possible to employ both a fundamental value and a fundamental and value approach. So that is sometimes you can buy a wonderful property or stock for a wonderful price. But you must never do that at the compromise of the investment fundamentals. So fundamental investing is absolutely critical and you must not invest without it. But when there's opportunities uh, to uh, uh, overlay a value tilt or a value approach as well as uh, the fundamental, uh, then that's probably the, the holy grail in terms of investment and returns. I believe you can reduce your risk by using evidence-based approach. So what's an evidence-based approach? Well, an evidence-based approach with respect to investing is where the methodology has been proven to work over a long period of time. So, you know, if I came up with an idea in regards to property investing, for example, that you should, you know, always invest in properties that have, um, I don't know, an iron roof. So don't don't invest in any properties without nine roof well if you go and have a look at the data and statistics in particular blue chip areas I, I reckon you're going to find that there's probably no correlation between returns and the the materials used to in the roofing of a particular property so therefore there's not a strong evidence whereas if I say to you um, uh, things like the percentage of land value in a particular investment property. And if you go and buy something that's got more than 50% land value, and then you go and have a look at the data, I reckon the data is going to show you that higher land value properties typically provide higher growth prospects over the long run. And so that's what I'm talking about using evidence-based approach. If we're going to invest, why would we take the risk? Why take a stab in the dark uh, instead adopt an evidence-based approach. And you can do that whether you're investing in property, in shares, in bonds, any sort of assets. And in the absence of an evidence-based approach, in the absence of evidence that it's going to work, uh, then, then maybe it's not something that you really want to get involved in or really adopt. So there's several things to consider when looking at the historical evidence. Okay, so there's the, the first one is, um, is it rules-based investing? Now, I believe rules-based investing uh, is um, uh, much better than any sort of subjective uh, methodologies. So that is that you've got a series of investment rules, uh, such as the land value one, for example, the, the previous example, a set of investment rules that you need to apply in order to make your investment decisions whether to buy, hold or sell a particular asset or sector. And the benefit of of rules-based investing is it's it's repeatable and um, uh, and and you don't need to pay a genius to work out whether you should buy hold or sell you just apply the rules and you can back test those rules as well. You can say okay, if I had have applied the same set of rules over the last thirty years, what would have the result been? So, rules based approach. The second thing is you must understand historic returns. That is, you must, it's great to look at the historic returns of a rules based approach, but you must understand what's driven those returns because it could be a series of um, circumstances other than the methodology. You really, what you want to do is understand the returns and understand whether the methodology itself has produced those returns or mostly produced those returns or whether it's just a set of circumstances that may or may not repeat itself that are going to um, repeat those those returns. The third benefit is in regards to a rules-based approach, and again, these are things you can look for, is that methodologies and rules-based methodologies can be openly critiqued and stress-tested. So if I come up with a property investment strategy I write about it in a book or on a blog or... Um, do some TV on it or so forth, it's out there in the world. And people can pick the eyes at it and work out whether it's going to work. And this happens uh, significantly more in the share market than it does in the in the property market. Share markets are, are, are far more studied and critiqued, and and people put white papers. Academics will put white papers together and so forth to analyse and critique particular strategies. And if a strategy has kind of stood the test of time in terms of those critiques, you know, it gives you um, a, a lot of confidence. The last thing is that they tend to be lower cost. Rules-based, evidence-based strategies tend to be a lower cost and easier to implement. And the reason for that is because they're repeatable and you don't need to go and pay an expensive investment advisor or fund manager in order to produce the returns. Again, you've just got to apply the rules um, and implement effectively. So there you go. In summary, I think adopt a fundamental approach with a value tilt wherever possible. It's, um, I wouldn't invest, I wouldn't necessarily make a decision not to invest if I couldn't apply a value tilt. Uh, fundamental investing in itself will be enough, uh, but sometimes you can find sectors or markets, and I'll come back to that in a second. And then once you've uh, adopted, to, to to adopt and implement a fundamental investing approach, what you need to do is use an evidence-based methodology that's often rules-based, that's being um, tested, that you understand the returns, and that's low cost to implement. So if you want to find out more, I'm actually running a live stream seminar on the 13th of November and you're welcome to join. There's no cost. Um, there's a link in the show notes right at the bottom of the show notes uh, for you to register for this uh, live stream seminar. So it's on the 13th, Tuesday the 13th of November, a couple of weeks time at 7.30pm, so after work. It'll go for 45 minutes and what I'm going to do is just share my impression of the value opportunities that exist in the share market and the residential property markets at the moment. So um, using a fundamental approach, where do I see the value opportunities exist. So as I said, you can click at the link at the bottom of uh, the show notes uh, in this podcast uh, to register for that. Okay, until next week, bye for now.